can start and we'll start off just with a short prayer Father great I am Father we ask you for your guidance today we ask you for the strength of your Holy Spirit to guide us through your your word and we ask that you wash us with your word that you clean us with your word that you purify us with your word as we delve into fully into your word and your scriptures give us understanding give us um, wisdom anoint us um, with your wisdom and understanding to teach us anew through your Holy Spirit your scriptures and your word fully allow us to make breakthroughs allow us to make personal revelations personal prophecies for ourselves as we delve into your word guide us through here we ask in your holy name of Jesus we ask for your guidance we say hallelujah amen in the holy name of Jesus I know on the last sermon we talked about uh, concerning retaliation and if we go back to uh, Matthew and we read again this lines right up with where we're going because today we're going to be going into um, love for enemies and so when we go back and we look at concerning retaliation um, Jesus says you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. And so we had this, um, we were going into this um, subject matter of... Um, remaining humble is that uh, is that Ms. Rose uh, joining us hey Ms. Rose how you doing I'm doing okay <laughs> so uh, we were we were just going back over uh, what we were talking about on the last uh, sermon we were we were talking about concern and retaliation and you know how um in in that particular scripture Jesus says uh, if anyone forced you to go one mile Go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You know, in Matthew 5, 38, he talks about this and he's mm -hmm, in, um, in the Sermon on the Mount. And so uh, we're this um, this time we're going to be going um, into love for an enemies, but we're going to kind of going backtracking a little bit because it, it interrelates very closely. And so, um, you know, when he's talking about this, he's talking about being um humble being humble and knowing that your your humbleness and your love and, and, and that walk of jesus is going to cut through whatever that person has going on and you're going to gain somebody in um in jesus by uh cutting through that and and helping them because really with with you know when it when it comes to these things when people retaliate against you it's like a, it's like a cry out for help and so um, when we when we were going through this, we went to um, to Acts. We were in Acts. We went to Acts, and we were in Acts 
5.17 and we went through this and we were reading about Peter I believe it was Peter that we were reading about we were reading about Peter and how they were um, the chief priest put him in prison and Yes, yes, they had they had received it, and what happened was, they uh, they locked him up, and I think if I'm not mistaken, that's when the angel came, and let him out, let him out of the prison, and so they were speaking to the they were speaking to the temple priests, they were speaking to the temple priests about um, how um, Jesus was raised up, and then we related it to um, Jeremiah's story because there was a there was somebody who who stood up among the priests and said to them that if they're if they're from God then um woe to you but if they're if it's, if it's from human origin then the whole thing is going to fail anyway and so we related it to a story about Jeremiah and Jeremiah um was being persecuted when he was telling everybody to repent in Israel and so they came after him and they were saying, you know, we're going to, the king was saying, we're going to, we're going to put him, to, we're going to put you to death. And so there was a guy, another guy that stood up during that time and told him and told all the people that were, you know, coming at him, they were telling him to, to uh, they were telling them to, to stop because there was another prophet that they, um, that they killed. And because they, they killed him, they suffered. They suffered greatly because the prophecy that he told came true, and he, and he was basically relating the same thing, saying if it's, it's from if it's from human origin, then so be it. But if it's from God, this is going to be a terrible mistake on our end. And so we also um, went to First Peter. Jeremiah, it was Jeremiah twenty six seven through twenty four. And so we went to. We also went over in um, 1 Peter, and it was a story about, um, 1 Peter 3, we were talking about um, taming the tongue. And that we also went over um, Peter and, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was no, it was it was it was Paul and um, and Barnabas, and they were um, locked in prison, and so the people came and I think they were in um, one of the Roman towns, and the people came as an angry mob and, and said that they wanted to arrest them because they were causing a, um, confusion. He said they were causing they were they were. Um, Proclaiming that they were causing confusion in the in the town center, and so they locked them up. And when they they sat there and they prayed, and an angel came, in their case again, and let them out. Let them out. You know, took the chains off of them. They walked out, and one of the guards came and said, "Oh my gosh, you these these people are um are loose. They're free. You know, I'm gonna be killed because my higher ups take my they they take this so seriously that." If anyone is ever let out of the prison, if anybody makes a mistake, they're immediately put to death. The soldiers who were in charge, the guards of the prison, are immediately put to death. And so Paul stood up and said, "We are all here. Don't take your life." And he, and then the, oh, well, the the guard said to him, said that, you know, 
um, what can I do? What can I do? My life is in danger. What can I do? And and Paul and Barnabas told him to give your life over to Christ. And he said, how do I do that? And so he started explaining the whole story of Christ. And so they ended up um, coming with him back to his home and everybody was baptized. Everybody turned their life over to Christ and he was they, they were all overjoyed. And so, you know, we have this um, this message of retaliation and this message of um, of, of remaining humble. And so we're going into love for enemies because even even in that situation, Paul and Barnabas, you know, they were beat. You know, they were um, I think they were flogged some, too, and they were put in prison. They were locked in shackles. And, and this this soldier was one of the people that was in charge of some of this. And so, um, you know, again, you know, this subject of <clears throat> retaliation and love for enemies is side by side. This is something that that, um, you know, is very much closely related. And so when we go back to um, love for enemies in Matthew 5:43, um, Jesus says, Have you heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So he's saying pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, you know, he's saying, he's saying, don't don't even the tax collectors do the same. They know these people, we go to the bank and we go places and, you know, where people aren't able to help us, you know, with things. They're just doing their job, but they're not being um, partial to, you know, um, somebody who's nice to them as opposed to somebody who's, you know, nasty to them. You know, they're just doing what they have to do. And so he's saying, do what we have to do. Love those who love you. For if you if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? So you know we love others, even even the ones that don't love us. Show them love. You know they are they're missing something. They need something. They're in, they're in need of something. And so, you know, when we um go further into this, we were talking about in the last um sermon, with concerning retaliation, we went deeply into um First Samuel. You know, which is very one of my favorite stories about um. Saul and David yeah. and um, you know it's very interesting because you know we, we read about how when when Saul um, you know first met David and he killed um, Goliath he really um, embraced him as a son and even he even um, asked um, David asked for his daughter in marriage and he allowed that and so they there was there was some there was some closeness there and, you know, David was playing the liar for Saul the whole time. And that was the only thing that calmed him down and, and, and the, the evil spirit, calmed the evil spirit down that was within him. And so we, we were reading about how, you know, they they tried, they um, gathered this, this, this close relationship with them and with him. And, you know, while he was still playing this, this, this liar um, for, for Saul, David was, was playing this liar for Saul. He took the spear and tried to kill um, David. You know, this this evil spirit was still, you know, inside of him. And so he made David his um, his commander. 
and so you know david ended up this 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 hatred and this pride within side of saul grew and so it grew into the point where you know he was after his life and so his wife david's wife helped him flee and so we went over um these um scriptures you know where he talks about david um recounts this you know this whole um portion this whole part of the story where he's really after his life and so you know he even he even um calls refers to saul as his own father and of course it's his father-in-law but he you know he has this um this love for him and so you know again this this love for enemies you know that we're talking about you know we're talking about um this this humbleness of heart again and so we look at um first samuel 24 9 first samuel 24 9 um, we run over this in the in the last one, I'll, and I'll even back up a little bit. I'll start at how about this? I'll start at First Samuel twenty four, um, line four. I'll start there instead of nine, and I'll I'll, I'll go back a little bit. It says, um, "The men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you." Then David went and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's cloak. Afterward, David was stricken to the heart. So he was stricken to the heart. You know, what is this, you know, again, like, you know, what is Jesus saying, you know, about this? He says, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes this, his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Okay, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. And so he's saying, David is saying here that he was stricken to the heart because he had cut off a corner of Saul's cloak. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to raise my hand against him, for he is the Lord's anointed. You know, even though Saul was doing wrong, he was still anointed by Samuel. He was still the king at the time. And David understood this. He was still appointed by, by God at the time. So David scolded his men severely and did not permit them to attack Saul. Then Saul got up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also rose up and went out of the cave and called after Saul. Let me put this camera on. Mm -hmm. And so he, he, he went after Saul. And, and he called and called after Saul. He went out of the cave and called after Saul. My lord, the king, when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and did obeisance. He still, he still humbled himself before him. David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of those who say David seeks, seeks to do you harm? This very day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you into my hand in the cave and some urged me to kill you. But I spared you. I said I will not raise my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. He is the Lord's anointed. See my father, see the corner of your cloak in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your cloak and did not kill you, you may know for certain that there is no wrong or tre treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you are hunting me to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. 
May the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the ancient proverb says, out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A single flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you. May he see to it and plead my cause and vindicate me against you. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? He actually referred to him as his son. Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And Saul, Saul cried about this. He realized his error in what he was doing to David. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. Today you have explained how you have dealt well with me, and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For who has ever found an enemy and sent the enemy safely away? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Now I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me therefore by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not wipe out my name from my father's house. So David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. And so, you know, um, this is interesting because even in this, even in this, um, this, this, he swore to him that he wouldn't cut his descendants off. Even when we read this further, if you know, if you know um, this story, when David became king, he didn't, um, he didn't kill his. Um, you know his progeny he didn't kill him of course jonathan died but jonathan had um sons and he didn't he didn't um kill any of them he kept this he kept this this um this promise that he made to saul and so you know again like when we go back to love for enemies jesus says for if you love those who love you what reward do you have what reward do you have you know like we have to go through some sort of difficulty to prove you know who we are to prove that were that were um, men and women and children of God, you know. He says, and if if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? What more are we doing? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So we're we're seeking to to um, imitate Jesus. We're seeking to 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 walk this this um, walk of Jesus. And and so if we if we um, skip up a little bit you know we come into again we read this in the in the last um sermon about um david sparing saul's life a second time because even though you know saul said all these things his pride just is he just yes this is when saul was king and yeah, so because you know david david becomes the king after saul mm-hmm and Samuel. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, you know that that was spoken through through Samuel, and so Samuel was the um, you know, the person that was delivering all of these messages between. Okay you know Saul and David and you know, of course like this whole time that's why that's why Saul said to him he said you know um 
you are surely you will surely be um i know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of israel shall be established in your hand because he he already knew that that samuel had anointed david to be the future king and now he wasn't um physically um able to be king yet but saul was still um physically the king and so that's why david you know going by the law going by the order of things going by the divine order of things he knew that this is still this is still god's anointed this is still the king this is still the royalty this is still the person that 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 um i have to answer to you know in front of um of course before um after after god this is the person that i still have to answer to and so he still respected the order and so um if we go back to um we go up to um first samuel 26 um this is um david sparing saul's life a second time because again like i said his his pride he just could not let um let it let these things go and so um saul was in gibeah and david is hiding on the hill of hikala which is the opposite of jeshimon and so saul Saul was trying to kill David, but David, see, what happened is David kept getting the upper hand door because they were always, see, there's an there's interesting thing about this. God always brought Saul and, and David really close together during these times when he was um, pursuing David. When Saul was pursuing David, there were times where David was able to get really close to Saul. And so this was to this was to um, to glorify God and, and, and glorify um who God had anointed, who who David was, and so this 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 was this was the, um, a testimony for him to show what type of person he was. He this kept happening, um, just happened twice, and so David was inside of this um, on this on this hill, and you know Saul Saul was laying down in the in an, in an encampment. The army was encamped around him. And so if we if we go back a little bit, I'll read a little bit because I was going to start at um, at at First Samuel twenty six line seventeen, but I'll, I'll go back a little bit because it it it, it describes this a little bit. You can start wherever you want. I can always go back and read it. Okay, that's fine though, because it because it this was good because it it relates to you know the retaliation and the love for enemies. So I'll I'll just go back just a little bit. It says um. Then David set out and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay, with Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Joab's brother, Abishai, son of Zariah, Who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. There Saul lay sleeping within the encampment with his spear stuck in the ground at his head, and Abner and the army lay around him. Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand today. Now therefore let me pin him to the ground with one stroke of the spear. I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can raise his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him down, for his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. 
and he's, he's still saying this. He said, I, he said the, the, the God is forbidding me that I should raise my hand against him. But now take the spear that is at his head and the water jar and let us go. So David took the spear that was at Saul's head and the water jar. It was sitting right next to his head. And they went away. No one saw it or knew it, nor did anyone awake, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood on top of a hill far away with a great distance between them. David called to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, saying, Abner, will you not answer? Then Abner replied, Who are you that calls to the king? David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in, who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. See now, where is the king's spear, or the water jar that was at his head? Saul, Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? He's still referring to him as his, his son. David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he added, Why does my lord pursue his servant? For what have I done? He's saying, what have I done? What guilt is on, on my hands? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's, he's being persecuted. He's being persecuted against um, Saul's persecuting David. You know, he said, why does my Lord pursue his servant? For what have I done? What guilt is on my hands? Now, therefore, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is mortals, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out today from my share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. You know, this is similar to what we was reading about with um, with Peter. And the same thing that we were reading with Jeremiah, where they were saying, if it's if it's just from 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 human beings, it's going to fail. But if it's from God, then woe to us. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that we have to be concerned about. It says, now, therefore, do not let my blood fall to the ground away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. So he's saying, I'm, I'm not even worthy of. He keeps saying this. You come out to seek a flea or a mouse or an ant. Like, I'm not even worthy of you pursuing me. Like, what? What is? What? It, what's the purpose of you? He's saying, what is the purpose of you pursuing me? He's 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 pondering this. Then Saul said, I have done wrong. Come back, my son David, for I will never harm you again, because my life was precious in your sight today. I have been a fool, and have made a great mistake. David replied, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today. But I would not raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. He's still respecting this order. He's still respecting the order, the order that God set up. As your life was precious today in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he rescue me from all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. And so, you know, we see this 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 whole um interaction of Saul and David and, and even, you know, in his interaction with Saul and David, it was when Saul is talking to David and he's close to him, it's, it's like this that that evil spirit is not present and he's able to to clearly 
communicate to him what he sees in his future and and he's able to to have this um this the respect that he has the true respect that he has that's not in the um not in the 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 pride's not not um interrupting what he um how how he what he how he clearly sees david and so it's very interesting even when we go to the end of um of in 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 second samuel 1 it talks about how um um that Saul is actually killed in battle just as david said he said you know may he 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 um be um fall in battle you know or may he you know fall some other way that has nothing to do with um have nothing to do with me you know if if he's gonna die and it says um in in second samuel one it says after the death of saul when david had returned from defeating the amalekites david remained two days in ziklag on the third day a man from saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head when he came to david he fell to the ground and did obeisance david said to him where have you come from he said to him i have escaped from the camp of israel david said to him how did things go tell me he answered the army fled from the battle but also many of the army fell and fell and died and saul and his son jonathan also died then david asked the young man who was reporting to him how do you know that saul and his son jonathan died he was concerned about this the young man reporting to him said i happened to be on mount Geboa, and there was saul leaning on his spear while the chariots and the horsemen drew close to him when he looked behind him he saw me and called to me i answered here sir and he said to me who are you I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said to him, Come, stand over me and kill me, for convulsions have seized me, and yet my life still lingers. So I stood over him and killed him, for I knew that he could not live after he had fallen. I took the crown that was on his head and the armlet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and all the men who were with him and did, did the same. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for his son Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. So he's still respecting this order. He's still um, humbling himself. He still has um, compassion for Saul and his son. David said to the young man who had reported to him, Where do you come from? He answered, I am the son of a resident alien and a Malachite. David said to him, Were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Come here and strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. David said to him, Your blood be on your head, for you, your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. So, you know, he even is still respecting this order by saying, You went and killed him. You, you, you didn't have to do that. You know, David intoned this lamentation over Saul and his son Jonathan he ordered that the song of the bow song of the bow be taught to the people of Judah it is written in the book of Jasher he said your glory O Israel lies slain upon your high places how the mighty have fallen till it not in Gath proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice the daughters of the uncircumcised will exalt you mountains of Gilboa let there be no dew or rain upon you nor bounteous fields for there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul anointed with oil no more. For the blood of the slain from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, nor the sword of Saul return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely in life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson and luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty, how the mighty have fallen in the midst of battle, 
Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, just, it's very interesting, you know, how he still has um, this compassion for Saul. And so we have this, this subject matter of love for enemy. He's really, he really is walking and embodying this, this love for enemies. Do you think it was the, the love of Saul or do you think it was just the love of the Lord that he loved the Lord so much that he, you know, he refused to go against what the law, what the Lord uh, demanded of them? Mm-hmm. I, it, it's both it's both you know because it's it's both because it's you know he's like jesus is saying you know love your love your enemies you know you you know you don't just love those who love you you know be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect so it's both it's like we we're loving the people who who um who, who are against us and and we're doing that to to to, for God, you know, it's like we're loving God through through everyone. We're loving God through the people who love us, and we're loving God through the people who don't love us. And so, you know, these people who persecute us, like he was getting persecuted the whole time. He was saying things about him. He was, you know, even, I don't know if you remember the story of the guy who he went, he was going through the wilderness, and he came upon a town, and there was a guy who was like said, you know, don't even come here. You're an enemy of Saul. You know, and so he's spreading these 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 rumors and these this bad word about him, saying, you know, this guy David is just completely just you know, I, I'm against him. I'm against him. The king is against him. You know, if somebody's king, then you're basically, you're done. You know, wherever you are, if somebody's king and they and they reject you, you're, you're completely, you you have no um no say anywhere, basically in that kingdom. And so and so David, of course, being anointed by God and and having the having the favor of God, you know, he was still able to 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 function and and do things. And so, you know, him showing this this love for Saul. Is 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 a reflecting a reflection of exactly that the love for God, you know, and and so that's an interesting that's a good question that's a, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. Finish, and so um we just read about um how how Samuel um and first second Samuel how um David um heard about Saul being killed on the battlefield, and it's interesting because before that, when um this. Sec that was in Second Samuel when when um, right at the beginning, the very first um, couple of lines is is um, one of the soldiers, one of the Israelite soldiers, telling um, David that Saul had just been killed. So that was that was Second Samuel one, one through twenty seven. Well, basically the whole the whole that whole first portion, and so um, it's interesting because one through twenty seven, one one through twenty seven. Yep. And so um it's it's interesting because when we had just read in um in first Samuel twenty six, David actually says and it's, it's sort of a prophecy actually says that let let me not have blood on my hands, let him fall by the sword or die in some battlefield, and so that's exactly what happened. Because he didn't wanna he, he wanted he was he was respecting that order, he's respecting what God put in place. You know, again, like, you know, David respected that Saul was still king that he was still anointed that he was still placed as king that he wasn't willing to 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 um to kill him because he knew 
that if he did that he would incur um you know sin on his hands and so um when we go back to um second kings uh five one through twenty seven um we uh read about naaman and this is this is a very interesting story um and I'll read it. Um, God pointed me towards this. this. This is very interesting. It says, um, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Aram. So this is the king of Aram. Was a great man and in high favor with his master. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. So this is the king of Aram. He, he, this, um, the commander of the army of the king suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans on one of their raids had taken the young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord, told the king, just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. So this, this, in this instance, the king of Israel is speaking is speaking against this um this king of Aram, of the Arameans, and so it says when Elisha. This is in the time of Elisha. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king saying, "Why have you torn your clothes? Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me." That he may learn that there was a prophet in Israel. So he's saying, he's saying, humble, humble yourself, humble yourself. You know, let him, let him come to me. He, he deserves compassion just like anybody else. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, "Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean." But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. So he, he had a, a little um, bout of, of pride that came in and saying, well, I thought he was going to come out here and, and put his hands on me. And he's saying that's, that's not the, um, the case. It says, then it says, are not Abana and uh, Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. So he, he got so prideful, he got it, it put him in a rage. It put him he got angry about this. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? He's saying it's, it's very simple. What what you're what he's telling you to do is so simple and you can just be healed. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the word of the man of God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. 
please accept a present from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept nothing. He urged him to accept, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let two mule loads of earth be given to your servant, for your servant will, will no longer offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any god except the Lord. But may the Lord pardon your servant on one count. When my master goes into the house of Rimon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow down in the house of Rimon, when I do bow down in the house of Rimon, may the Lord pardon your servant on this one count, he said to him, go in peace. So he's saying it, um, and I haven't gone, through, I haven't um, looked at this too, um, in, too much in detail, but he's saying that, um, Naaman is saying that, forgive me when I go to the house of Rimon, this is another God. So he's saying when he goes in there with the king, when he goes in there, when I lean, when I have to go in there with the with the with the king, or actually, you know, it's you know what, his master, he says when he leans on my arm and I have to bow down with him, please pardon me, pardon me because I'm not I'm not doing this um, to praise that God anymore. He said I want to praise you, so he he told him, Alicia told him, go in peace, you're forgiven. You know, which sounds a lot like you know a lot like um, what Jesus. Um, did it sound this this actually reminds me a lot of the um the Canaanite woman how the how Jesus healed the Canaanite woman's daughter and and, and he didn't want to do it because he he said that he was sent to only the um the house of um of Israel the houses of um of Israel and so um this is interesting you know with 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 um Naaman really um humbling himself a couple of times to to get this healing that he that he needed and he wanted. And even this this um, this woman, who was his servant, um, you know, being present and able to to, um, to to direct him in the right place, and so you know, you have this um, this this the king of Israel um, being an enemy of, of of the king of Aram, him thinking, you know, how can I humble myself before my enemy? And so you know, when Jesus talks about this 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 love for enemies and being humble and and um really just um loving unconditionally this is these are just some examples and this this is what god um pointed out to me um to share you know and so um you know he's saying be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect humble yourself you know you know what more are you doing than others what more are you doing you know are we going the extra mile you know, and, and this is, are we going the extra mile for, for God? Are we going this extra mile for, for others to um, pull them through whatever it is they may, go, they may have going on that, that causes them to be an enemy, that causes them to, to retaliate against you? This is what we were talking about in the last um, sermon about the, the retaliation. And so um, for the last part here, um, this, is, this is what God um, pointed out to me in Acts 13. Me hungry, when you see me hungry, you fed me. 
was in prison, you visited me. When I was um, without clothing, you clothed me. Mm -hmm. This is what he's talking about, and this is what he's telling his people. He's telling God's people that the way, if you, what you have done for others, you have sure enough done it for me. And that's why when some of them ask, Lord, when have we done this? And this and that, when have we seen you thirsty? And when have we seen you on? He said, just as you have not seen me, you have not done this for others. And it's very important that that scriptures are very important because of this particular question. We have a lot of homeless people out here. We have a lot of people that come to you with different with different needs and stuff. And mm -hmm. God sees that if you do this for other people, then you know that you have done it for me because this is what he would have done. Like mm -hmm. with people being in prison. If you make a point to visit people while they are in prison, or if you pray for people while they are in prison, you are doing this as though you were doing this for, for the Lord. And when he was taking he was making a point that if you did not do this for other people, you have not, have not done this for me. That's what he's was saying in those scriptures. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's interesting. So it's very, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Very important about loving your brother, about, about loving your neighbor, mm -hmm. because that is one of his commandments that you should love your neighbor like you would love yourself. Or even God himself. Right, and and so and so he's saying because even because we we went over that one, and it's interesting because you know he's Jesus is is telling a story, he's building a narrative and saying that you know love your neighbor, but also love your enemies. You know right. if you think about a life and death situation, if we were if we were, mm -hmm, if we were in a life and death situation. Who would be who would be your neighbor? Who would be your who would be your enemy? You know, we probably probably wouldn't have too many enemies. And so when we go to um to Acts um thirteen forty one, starting at forty one, it's interesting because he um we start to talk about Paul, um, speaking of Jesus, talks about the exact same thing. He says, Look, you scoffers, be amazed and perish, for in your days I am doing a work, a work that you will never believe even if someone tells you and this is what we're experiencing right now something that that we will never believe even if somebody told you this is what we're experiencing right now we're we're being told to love our enemies we're being told to we're being told to have compassion we're being told to to love our neighbor we're being told to to to, to tame our tongue he's saying look you scoffers be amazed and perish for in your days i am doing a work a work that you will never believe even if someone tells you that the Holy Spirit is teaching us like, we, like we've never been taught before. not he's, he's teaching us things that, you know, things that we've never heard in church, that we've never heard from, from any pastor, that we've never heard. It's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking straight through our hearts and teaching us personally every day. And it says, as Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people urged them to speak about these things again the next Sabbath. Speaking of, of, of Sabbath day, which is this, this Shabbat today, when the meeting of the synagogue broke up, 
many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who spoke to them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and blaspheming. They contradicted what was spoken by Paul. Then both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you. Since you rejected and judged yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, we are now turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles, so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So the Jews were completely, they were completely, um, Last evening, they were rejecting what they were saying, so they said, we're going to return into the Gentiles, and it's fulfilling a prophecy. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and praised the word of the Lord, and as many as had been destined for eternal life became believers. Thus the word of the Lord spread throughout the region, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their region. So they shook off the dust off their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And we know that um, that, that was something that Jesus told them to do. That if nobody accepted um, your peace in their home or if nobody accepted them, accepted you in their town or glorified um, the works through God that they had done in their town, shake the dust. If you're not welcome, shake the dust off of your feet in front of the town and um, as protest and, and go on your way. Leave. And so... Um, continuing, it says the same thing occurred in Iconium, where Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. But the unbelievers, the unbelieving Jews, stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they 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 allowed you know these these Jews and these 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 Gentiles were allowing themselves to be um, stirred up and to be um, you know influenced. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who testified to the word of his grace by granting signs and wonders to be done through them. But the residents of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, the apostles learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycania, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued proclaiming, the good news um, in Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and never had walked for he had been crippled from birth he listened to Paul as he was speaking and Paul looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said in a loud voice stand upright on your feet and the man sprang up and began to walk when the crowd saw what Paul had done they shouted in the Lyconian language the gods have come down to us in human form Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus whose temple was just outside the city brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. When the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you and we bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them in past generations he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good 
giving you rains from heaven and fruitful season and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. But Jews came there from Antioch and Iconium and won over the crowds. Then they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So what they're saying is that basically he was dead. But when the, the disciples surrounded him, he got up and went into the city. So it seems like they prayed over him and healed him. The next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. After they had proclaimed the good news to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, then on to Iconium and to Antioch. They were strengthened. They, then they, there they strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith, saying, It is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. And after they had appointed elders for them in each church, with prayer and fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. When they had spoken the word to Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for their work that they had completed. When they arrived, they called the church together and related all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith for the Gentiles and they stayed there with the disciples for some time. And so, you know, God pointed me out to this, you know, pointed me to this story about um, Paul and Barnabas and how they went through all of these persecutions and, and being locked up and beat and, you know, crowds were trying to offer them things, thinking, um, saying they were, they were gods and they resisted all of these different things. They resisted you know all of this and he's, he's they're, they're saying that they, they they went to these different towns and when they finally got to Antioch um you know they were saying that we're going to go through persecutions we're going to go through through things and it's, it's to strengthen us to enter the, the the kingdom of God it's to 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 pray for these people who again like Jesus said would um there there would be enemies you know people who don't look on them as as such um gracious people and but they prayed to them they prayed and fasted for them to go to, for them to go into these towns and to do the work they prayed for these areas and so again you know that's what this is exactly you know what jesus is saying is saying to, to humble yourself to be humble towards these people who are you know um you know persecuting you speaking against you retaliating against you he's saying he's saying to have this this love love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous you know so we're really not that much different it's just it's just about the choices that we make and we have to strive to be perfect we have to strive to to, to walk in that and that walk of jesus and the acts for his holy spirit to guide us through and so he gives us understanding on how to do these things and these these stories um are are um guideposts for us you know when we when we look in this this word he's washing us with this with this word he's refining us with these word and refining us in that fire he's using he's using the the, the water to give us understanding he's using us the fire to to um to refine it to refine that that understanding and to give us wisdom inside of these scriptures in his in his word to to show us how do we have love for our enemies how do we not retaliate against our enemies how do we how do we do this and so the more that we um we study this and we look at these stories the more we um we understand and so um i hope that that everybody um 
got something out of this sermon and um I hope that, that that God was able to speak to you that and that Jesus was able to speak to you and um yeah I, I thank you guys for for joining us um hallelujah if anybody wants to um reflect on anything Miss Rose I know you got something <laughs> Mm -hmm. You got to expect yourself, even even with his disciples, when you when you read back over the stories, almost all of the prophets and the disciples, they were prosecuted. So anyone accepting Jesus Christ into their life mm -hmm. have to realize and know that they could be prosecuted because just like they didn't love. Just like others didn't love Jesus and they put him to death, you still have people out here in this world today that does not want anything to do with Jesus Christ. So with you yourself or any any person that's living in Christ and believing in Christ, they have to know that they could be prosecuted and could be killed for the namesake of, of Jesus Christ. Yeah, look at look at um what Saul what Saul went through. Like he was he became Paul for the same reasons. If if we go back if we go back to Acts seven, line fifty four is the it's the stoning of Stephen, and it says, When they heard these things they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen, but filled with the Holy Spirit he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So he looked into heaven and saw that. Because he was walking that walk, the Holy Spirit was in him. He said, look, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. When they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their coats on the feet of the young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died and Saul approved of their killing of him. So he's saying, he said, don't hold it against them. So he's 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 doing exactly as Jesus said. He's doing exactly what right. what Jesus said. And and it's interesting because you know Saul went on to become Paul, and we just read about how he he suffered through similar persecutions. You know Jesus right. came straight to him, blinded him, humbled him, and he sent a, he sent his prophet to to heal him and open his eyes. And from that on, from that time on, he was changed. And so this is exactly what what his he sent his Holy Spirit to do for for us right now. That's what's going on right now. He's he's speaking through us and telling us that we gotta walk in his walk. Mm -hmm. Yep. If we if we go to um to even if we go to Acts um thirty was that thirty-two, it says, um, now the passage of the scripture he was reading was this. This is what the, the Ethiopian eunuch was, was 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 reading. He said, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer. So what does that mean when he's saying silent before his shearer? You know, this is the 
this is the the shearer who's you know if you ever seen a sheep being sheared or a dog being being sheared at the um at the animal uh, sh um, hospital or, or, or groomer, the dog and the or the and the and the, and the shearer, the the dog is, or the um, the goat is, is shaking like this. They're shaking. They're they're scared to death. And they're saying he's saying that Jesus was was silent before the shear. He says so he does not open his mouth in his humiliation. Justice was de was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. It's, the scriptures say that Jesus. That Jesus, um, I think it was um, Paul that said this. That Jesus was um, didn't open his mouth to speak against the people that were um, that were harming him. That he never did that. And so, you know, again, he's speaking about this this love of enemies, and this um, this yeah. this offering and this um, this this praying for your enemies. Even this praying for your enemies. We didn't even go into it, but you know, there's a there's in the last um, sermon we talked about retaliation and how um, David. 